Trading Nut, episode 59. Quantifying emotions into numbers, which is how anyone feels about the particular stock, is just, and then figuring out how you feel about how other people feel is fun. It's ultimately a game. And then you just got to figure out, I think the thing that I've learned is you got to figure out what game do you want to play within this big game. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Aaron Oating back on the show. Now, Aaron's been on the show a couple of times already. We're seeing if we can make a successful stock trader of him. The interesting thing is, this episode, you're going to find out that Aaron now knows a hell of a lot more than what he knew way back in the beginning when we did the first interview, and he was quite green to it all. Now, this guy's got a lot of insights and uh, tips that aspiring traders can actually listen to and take note of so stay tuned for that it's coming up in a second before we get into it though uh, I do want to just say thanks to the guys out there that have shared a pint with me in the virtual trading up pub um, Ross Anthony and Peter thanks guys for heading over there to the bar and um, and buying me a beer uh, I I love the fact that, you know, a couple of you got me a couple of beers. So um, really enjoying that uh, trading that virtual bar. If you guys want to head over there and say thanks for these podcasts, then please do so. It's over there on tradingnut.com underneath players. You'll see it there. Um, you, can buy me a, you can buy me a couple of beers. You can have a night out with me, whatever it is. Head over there to the tradingnut.com site and you'll see those. Now, whilst you're there, underneath Aaron's interview, you'll find the video that we shot after the show. So you're going to get a little bit of an insight into how he's been trading the stock markets. And even if you're not a stock trader, it might be quite interesting in terms of if you're looking at longer-term investments as to how this can play out. So something worth checking out. Now, before we get into the show, I do want to try and muddle my way through something that a friend uh, I met up with at lunchtime this week shared with me. Now, not the sort of conversation I normally have with, with some mates, but uh, this guy's been going through quite a few uh, tough times, or well, just one one in particular tough time, and I won't say what it is, but he had a tough time in the last couple of years, and he got recommended a psychologist. So he went to the psychologist, cost him a lot of money, over $200 and for one hour, and uh, there were a few things that came out of this, which it might this might help some of you listening. I don't know who, but it might help you, especially going into the Christmas period here. So it's... Number one was he said read this book that the psychologist gave him, and the book was called the the Happiness Trap, and uh, it's by Dr. Russ Harris. Uh, what it talks about, and look, he he sent me the copy of the thirty pages that he had uh, had been given, and um, he only got the first chunk of the book, but it gives you enough to sort of understand what it's what it's all about and what it's really saying, and it's saying that happiness is a trap, right? So what we're taught by society really is probably not well is not what happiness is all about 
and it gets rammed down our throats every single day, no matter where you are, what you're doing, you're going to, you know, advertising, it's being rammed down your throats, this happiness sort of myth. So the myths, there are four myths that did come as part of this first chunk of the book. The first one is that happiness is a natural state for all human beings. So that's a myth. So it's not a natural state, okay? So if we realize that, then the second myth sort of comes into into play. So if you're not happy, you're defective. So if you're depressed, then you're defective. Well, in actual fact, being unhappy is something, or like another feeling, is something that you're going to have. It's every single human being is the same. Um, here's myth number three. To create a better life, we must get rid of negative feelings. So trying to push those negative feelings away is not necessarily going to create a better life, okay? Uh, and then myth number four, and actually I'll talk about myth number three in a second again, uh, you should be able to control what you think and feel. So being able to control what you think and feel, yeah, we should all be able to do that, right? Well, mm, the emotions get in the way and make it really hard to, to do that. So these are all myths. Now, the one around, uh, the one around, getting rid of negative feelings, right, to create a better life. Now, the, the analogy he gave me, which is what his, this, his psychologist told to him, was imagine holding a, a phone book out in front of you with two hands. How long can you hold that for? And so this is the, these could be seen as like your negative feelings. So how, how long can you give them attention? It's, it becomes quite hard, right? You, you've got them out in front of you. It comes, becomes quite hard. But what if, and this was the sort of insight that I want you to sort of take away, what if you held that that phone book underneath your arm? Could you hold on to it for a bit longer? Yeah, it'd still be uncomfortable, but you can actually start to hold on to it for a bit longer, or much longer, in fact. You could probably walk around for the whole day holding that book underneath your arm. So this is what the whole premise of this was around if you've got negative thoughts, if you've got negative feelings, if you're feeling sad and you're trying to get rid of that negative feeling, maybe don't get rid of it. Maybe just accept it and say, yep, this is part of me for the time being, and it just sits here, I'm just going to have that, and enjoy, well, yeah, look, even enjoy that feeling, even enjoy that negative feeling, um, especially coming up to the to the Christmas and festive season, so guys, that's my thought of the week, hopefully one or two of you out there listening, it, it makes a significant change to you, hopefully if you're, you know somebody who might benefit from this advice, then you can pass this on. All right, enough from me. Let's get on with this interview with Aaron and uh, hear what he's got to say. All right, guys, so we've got Aaron Oting here back on the Trading Up podcast. So we've had uh, had him on the show a couple of times already. The first one was uh, way back at the start of the year, then again in the middle of the year. And this is sort of the wrap-up. Um, Aaron's been trying to become a, a you know full-time stock trader. Uh, if you want to hear the other episodes, we go, won't go through them all here, but if you want to hear the other episodes, head back to the uh the, the, the tradingnut.com and you'll find them there I, I'll find the numbers for you in a, in a second but um, yeah some great interviews with Aaron and he was trained up by Jeremy uh, sorry Jeremy Newsom uh, who's been on the show as well and Jeremy uh, basically has given uh, Aaron a helping hand across the year and really we're seeing if he can he can turn him into a, a profitable uh, if not full-time 
tra- uh, stock trader. So um, let me just tell you those those episode numbers now. So it's episode. So for Jeremy, it's episode fifteen. And if you want to go back and hunt up uh, Aaron, it's episode twenty two was when we first got him on, and then uh, we had the uh, the second show. It was, let me tell you, it was episode 30. So we're now at episode, it's probably going to be 59 or 58, something like that. So uh, Jer- so Aaron, how are how are things? I'll stop calling you Jeremy, as I've done about four okay. times already. <laughs> all good. Uh, things are all right. It's been busy. Uh, I can, uh, I, I have, I haven't lost it all, but I haven't, well, you know, I'm not living on a yacht yet. So, uh, you know, somewhere in between is the, the, the trading numbers on that. Okay, cool. And I, I hear it's been a, a bit of a turbulent year. And yeah. I mean, that obviously does affect people as, you know, that aren't, you know, that haven't sort of made that shift to full-time trading because it is a, it is a big, you know, I suppose it's something else you need to add into your life. So, I mean, do you want to give us a sort of quick rundown from where we last spoke to uh, to now and, you know, what's been going on and how that's affected the time that you've had to, to focus on the trading? So I was grinding out pretty much, you know, on, on there in front of this game, logging eight, 10 hour screen hours a day. And like the last six months, uh, my wife spent some time in the hospital. I have some other family members having surgery coming up. And we also opened up a second e-commerce business and to our good fortune, it kind of had an explosion. So it's been doing really well. And we've been investing in some property. So we've been having a lot of uh, goods and bads in the personal life which makes it hard to, uh, you know, log eight, 10 hours in front of a screen every day, you know, uh, especially because, and this is, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is you really have to find a, a system and a pattern that fits your personality and what time you have. And yeah. certainly what Jeremy teaches is, is a, is I think a successful day trading strategy. And, but you really have to put in the hours. You have to be there every day. Righty ho. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I see the, the predicament from his, day trading approach to, 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 you know, having to get an extra e-commerce business underway. And, yeah. and what is that business? Just uh, give it a plug. Uh, goodhostshop.com. We sell uh, bedding and everything you need to set up an Airbnb, actually. So oh, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah so. that's nice. That's a great little niche. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. So we have a couple others, but that one's the one that's been blowing up. Yeah, we specialize in super niche e-commerce stuff, so. Yeah, nice, cool. Okay, well, so so busy thing. So, how many hours a day have you? Would you had to put into this to to make it happen? I think in order to do the day trading systems, where you're there every day and you're whole, you're buying and selling within five minutes to an hour or so, you got to be there eight to ten to twelve hours a day. I think it's realistically, and I think any any I think listening to some of your previous shows, it's all your day traders. Because you got to do your prep work, you got to do your clothes work, you got to be there when something happens. You can't be away from it, you know. And it doesn't mean you can't set up a trade and walk away for you know get lunch, but you need to be within range of your computer to, to realistically day trade. You need to be short range of it most of the day. And the the irony of it is, you know, a lot of people are sort of trying to get away from that. I suppose trying to replace their day job with 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 freedom is the yes. goal, and yet here we are. You know, the the, the alternative is oh, you've got to spend like ten to twelve hours a day, or, or maybe not that much, but you know, significant amount of time, even longer than a day job, at the charts. I mean, is and is that why is that why is it so long? I mean, have you are you sure you've got it right? Are you sure you've I got think, it right? 
depends on what you're it depends on what you're doing. So now, now I've t- talked to Jeremy a couple times and he does long-term investing, he does mid-term, short-term swing stuff, and he does the day trading. And I think his real specialty is that is that day trading. And I think the reason why the day trading is there is because you don't know when it's going to happen. Like, and so, and so, so you need to be there to watch it because you don't know when you're going to get that buy signal, when you're going to get that sell signal, when you're going to get what you need um, to happen. And so you need to be there for it to happen. And if you're not, you're not going to make that money. So I think that's, that's why the day trading is so time intensive over some of the other strategies. Okay. So it's not necessarily that, you know, he needs to be there to to get a feel for the market and then yeah. then enter it's, it's really like waiting for a setup and when the setup comes he can he can then take it now yeah and i my, think he helps he, he, I, I did a little he's a whole trading room with a ah, whole yeah. people sit there and they chat and they're doing and, and i think that and i'm sure for his perspective that helps a lot because he's you know chatting with other people looking at other things talking about other trade-ups so he's not looking at just these two or three setups and just waiting for them to develop all day. He's able to, you know, keep, keep stimulated other ways. So I think that's um, one of, one of the advantages from his his system, but the day trains he definitely taught me can work. I don't know if I ever got it to perfected it, but I certainly saw the, so I was like, Oh, if I could dedicate the right time to this, this this, could make money at this. Right. Okay. And do you think, do you think, I mean, the thing that springs to mind for me is do you think any of it could be automated? Probably, I'm uh, to. That's that's tough for me to say. I gotta be honest with you, because I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel uh, educated enough about the automation side of it, or having not mastered his system. I imagine there is degrees of automation, and I imagine you would probably lose. There'd be some slippage. You'd probably lose some because you know there's a certain amount of um, there's a the, the stuff that he taught me. There's a lot of science and a little, and some art to it. So I think certainly because he's very much about. Um, understanding uh, other traders' sentiments and using the charts and understanding where other people's are, and he's very good at it. And so, and and, and I think it's it's hard to quantify always that sentiment because he'll definitely during some of the sessions he point out stuff and, which would be obvious to him and to me. I'd be like, it would be like, oh, you know. <laughs> so, I think it's uh, probably aspects of it could, I, but I'm probably not the expert guy to break down the automation of it. Okay, cool. So, so I mean, it seems like he's doing a lot of things, three different things. I mean, what what one of those things did you take out as like, here's the one that I want to focus on and, and give my time to? So the thing that I found the most was he has a gap trading strategy, which is kind of where his bread and butter is. So every day you get up, you look at what, what stops are, which stocks are gapping up or gapping down. And generally you want to be within a, in his system is usually with a three to 10% is where you want to be in that gap. Cause you go, cause it be, it behaves within a predictable pattern when it gaps up or down three to 10%. If you get less than 3%, it kind of, people don't really care. If it's more than 10%, people start freaking out and behave in unpredictable ways. And so there's sort of this sweet spot and that's ballpark. You know, there's not, those aren't hard numbers. If it's two and a half or, you know, 10.5%, you're not like completely cutting off, but though that's what you're looking for is stocks that are going up or down in those two systems. So, okay. And so, so let's, let's step back into, into what, how, how your trading sort of progressed over the last few months. Uh, I mean, did, did you, and let's just have a look exactly when we last spoke, yeah. which is probably a, a couple of weeks beforehand. It was, the date was sometime in April. 
it was yeah, ages yeah, ago. ago. <laughs> it was ages ago, and I think we did try and catch up before, and it didn't work. So, so we're now in the you know it's twelfth of December, so there's been a lot of year that's <laughs> been between the the two episodes. So, um, so I mean, first of all, how many times did Jeremy and you guys and you touch base across the course of the year? Just to just so that we've got a base. I'm like, I'm not expecting Jeremy to sort of you know give you no, a week, no. weekly sessions, but I mean, how, how often did you guys get together? I think- we sat and chatted three or four times, and then he was very open. And if I emailed him, he would, um, he would uh, obviously was very good about getting back to my emails. Uh, and, and then more than he has a weekly and daily stock review. And more than once, I would send him stuff in and say, "Hey, look, I, this is this is a trade I did." And then then I'd get his review on it. So you know, um, it, it was public, but it was still useful information because it's literally the exact trade I had set up that day. So. Um, so a handful of times, I guess, is the okay, okay. And so, so each time, did you feel you were, you know, progressing, or or you had a a strategy that you were putting together for yourself that that was something you wanted to work on? A hundred percent, yeah. I said by the, t- the time I, I I feel like this, like I said, it's this gap trading strategy is really um, there's so, there's something there, and I can't say I've perfected it, but you know, I I, tra- I traded all year, and I think I'm within like fifty bucks of the money I started the year with. So, so I. Honestly, this early in my process, I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. You know, um, I, I had a period where I was, I think about June or July, where I was way up, and then uh, then I got, and then one of the big lessons this year was I wasn't, I never paid attention to the overall market. I was like, I'm looking at these individual stocks, and I don't care what they're doing, and I don't care what the individual market. And then the Trump trade war stuff happened, and I just got killed. I just I, all my gains and then some. I got smashed, mostly because I didn't know how to trade in a bear market, and so I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know how to handle that. And then uh, by the time I got a hold of it, the market had stabilized and started climbing back up. And since then, I've gotten uh, gotten back to just about even. So, and, I think and that's was Jeremy like at that point when the sort of trade wars started? Was he all over that? I'm guessing, and and perhaps like seeing that yeah, this was going to start to become a bear market and changing tact? I imagine some part of my limitations was because I was under the, um, so I think the last time it was my frustration with the PDT rules, the pattern day traders. And so one of the ways I found around that was I opened up an account and I just went to a cash account, which means I had to wait for my cash to settle before I could trade. But the good side is I could do as many trades as I wanted as long as I had the cash. So, so that I could get it, you could get around the pattern. The bad side is because you're doing that, they won't give you the um, extend you credit to do shorting. Ah, uh, right. So you can go long. So you could. So I was can... only able to go long. Right. Because uh... of where, yeah. And so I think. So I suspect because he, he, his this gap trading, you can go both long and short, and that's the beauty of it is when you do it well, you write it up and then you write it back down, and you get both ends of it. And I was just and. I was focusing on obviously just doing one end of it, which is fine because specialization is a good thing, I think, in the market. But I hit, but ultimately, I think he made a lot of money on the short side, and I just, you know, did not obviously because I was I was not set up to be able to take advantage of that. Okay, and what about what about your sort of mindset and and maybe, you know, there's a lot of talk about trading psychology and and having the right mindset. I mean, did you find that there were times when you were breaking your rules or? you know, doing things that you shouldn't have been doing? I mean, how did you get on with discipline? I think one of the hardest things for me, actually I had a long chat with my wife about was just trying to get into 
the mindset that because you're going to lose, 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 lose. Especially I was losing when the, I mean there was a point I was like I'm done, I'm terrible at this, I'm awful, I should just quit, get out of this. And she was like, well, "What are you talking about? It's not that you really haven't lost that much. You've only lost for like a week or two. And and, and so we sat down and really talked about it. And I think and this is kind of and Jeremy actually had an interview with his performance coach that I listened to. It was one of the one that kind of spiraled this. And I ended up finding that I really needed to uh, increase my self-talk. So literally in the morning, I would, ha- I would spend like five, 10 minutes just going, you're a good trader. You're going to make good trades. And I would literally just say that outside to myself over and over again. So that way I was going into this, not with the mindset of like, oh, I'm going to lose. I'm Eeyore. I'm going to, this is not going to work out. And because I was, you know, when I was at the lowest point, I was really that was where I stuck was. And so I had to really do some self-examination and go, okay, no, you can figure this out. You can do make the money at this. You just have to, you know, hang on there. So I really think the psychology was creating routine in the morning that made me in the, we're saying the right headspace to be successful, potentially be successful. Mm, mm. Look, that's some great advice, I think, in terms of, you know, I keep hearing this sort of stuff all the time, right? Uh, I've just done this money mindset challenge, uh, for 14 days and that like a lot of it was around you know your, your self-talk and and what you what you're actually telling yourself and then when yes. you start picking picking it up and even changing and I'm like you know some people might go well yeah but that's lying you're lying to yourself <laughs> who cares if it works it works and the thing is you're you're, you're lying to yourself but you're lying to yourself anyway because yeah. y- your mind is already lying to you by telling you all this stuff's going to go wrong when in fact it's probably not so, so you may as well lie to yourself until everything's going to go right, and then and then see what happens. So, um, or it's like, you know, but this is how I feel. Well, why don't you change? You know, you can change how you feel. I've heard that before. Like, you know, it's like I feel like this. You can change that. Anyway, I'm not going to sort of go ranting on about this, but um, but I, I, I like that. I like that tip. It's really good in terms of just you know focusing on that positive self talk and. Um, well, the but, only thing I can say on that was is that I had to, and I felt awkward doing it, is you had to say it out. I found out I had to say it out loud. I couldn't mm. just say it in my head. I couldn't just write it down. I had to actually say it out loud. And so, because because we say it out loud, and you're like, all right, I'm, and you said say it a couple of times, do you actually say it confidently? And then it would actually start to have an effect. It was like, because before I'd always try to do self-talk, like, oh, I'm just going to say it in my head, but then it's not, you're not really committing to it, so to speak. So. Uh, that is interesting. That is interesting. So say it out loud and you know just put yourself in that position it's look it, i've got to say i mean even after this money challenge my trading's improved dramatically um so it does work it's, it's this mindset thing does work now um I, I did watch the one of the training if not both of the training videos you did with jeremy mm-hmm. and uh and i could see that yes he would happily take a number of losses before then getting that profit um uh, and had no real issue with it at all. No, no emotional sort of connection to the losses. And I suppose that is a massive part of what we're trying to do here is, is tr- you know, is get over that sort of loss. I mean, like, for example, this week I had um, a great week, winning days, four days, and then lost on the last day. And I didn't, you know, I'm still up for the week, more yeah. up for the week than I lost on the last day. Yet I'm, it's still... It, it irks me a little bit, if you know what I mean. It's like it still irks me that I lost on the last day, 
and it's you know anyway it's great look all I can say is that's a great a great tip to, for I can use next week to try and get me over that over that hurdle and um and, and get me back in the right mindset so so look, okay because it was the last day of the week if it'd been like the Wednesday you might have been like oh I got next day but it comes the last day of the week it just leaves you with that bad taste in your mouth yeah it's yeah yeah exactly and the thing is it was the right thing to do the right thing to do was was to take the loss so um, whereas I could have you know, try and held it and held it, and I still would have been in the same position, and I would have been stressing all weekend. And now I'm just, you know, I've happily had a good week. So, um, so okay, so, so you're about break even after you had your good run. You, 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 the market turned. So, do, so the question I've got now is, what about like if the market starts, you know, going short again? How are you gonna? Because I'm guessing right, yeah. you, you you came I back would... to break even when it was. When it was long, yes. um, what? How are you going to combat the the short side again? Well, there's two options. One, I started playing with um, the, the playing. Play, I developed a small strategy of playing the TVIX. I'm not familiar. Sure, it's basically an ETF that goes opposite of the S and P 500. Ah, the VIX. Yeah, I've heard of the VIX. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, it, so there's uh, I had, it was when it was finally I, clearly going down, and even my my could see it. I started developing a strategy and trading that. And I actually had quite a few success. And that one I found I was, I would trade uh, 15, 20 times in a day and I would, and I would win like at 80% rate and it was a small wins, but I was doing, so I was starting to do really well. But about the time I was starting to get in a feel for it is about the time the market turned. So that was like, all right, I can't play this anymore. And so I could either go back to that strategy or I could have discipline of going, Hey, this is not my market. I'm going to go sit on my hands or go do something else and not lose money. And I think either, either strategy is, is, a, is a viable one, but I think I kind of remembered it. I can't keep doing what works in a bull market as what is when it's in a bear market. So that was a huge lesson on the year. So, so the, I mean, the gap trading, what I find, I suppose, what, what might be missing, and I'm like, you, you've got to correct me here if, yeah. if I'm wrong, but is what you sort of mentioned earlier on, that overall picture of what's what the market is doing, where it's, like I suppose the bigger picture, because you're looking at a gap, and a gap forms between two candles on a particular time frame, and yeah. usually um, the he, his strategy, particularly, you start with looking at day uh, day trading, so gapping from one day to the next, and then once it's done that, there's a certain set of um, he calls it there's retest gaps or gap and goes, and then bear and bull versions. So there's basically four types of gaps he teaches. And then you pick out which one based on which one it is, is what the predictive thing. And if you break it down, it's all based on human psychology. Are you catching when the shorts are getting out or you're catching when the longs are panicking is sort of the, what you're trying to catch. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so, so it is very much the day trade thing, but do you think, I mean, do you think there's a sort of spot there where you, or, or a sweet spot where you could get an understanding for what's going on at more of a macro level, long-term sort of, investor level to then help you work out where the, the market's you know likely to turn and your strategy now needs to switch from bulls to bears and or longs to shorts sorry i suspect that if you're doing this particular strategy when the market is going you know going when there's a, a bear market you're going to look for those bearish gaps you're going to look for um, or bullish gaps up that you think are going to fade so you can short them and so i think you're more likely to you know because when the over market's going down, it means what more than fifty percent of the stocks are in the negative. So even if you were just to guess blindly on any stock, 
you'd have greater than if the market's going down, you have greater than fifty percent chance that you're going to guess right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's so. I guess that was the lesson I learned is that you know you're yeah you can go against the overall market, but you're already limiting your odds to start out with. So okay, so so um all right, so it sounds like I mean to me it sounds like you know how to trade now. Hmm. I I feel like I can actually talk about it with some vague like uh, some confidence with it and. And that's why, uh, given my time limit, I've actually been learning about a whole different strategy that doesn't require me to sit in front of the computer. Uh, uh, the Darvis, I'm not sure, it's called the Darvis box theory. Oh, I've heard I of think, that. I think you've had some guests who spoke, spoke about it. Um, and it's, it was developed by a, a ballroom dancer in the 50s. Who ever, who everyone said, it's funny, that's what gets the headlines with him. But I was digging into his bio. He actually has a PhD in economics, but everybody kind of ignores that part. And so he made, he was a professional ballroom dancer and wrote a book on it. And while he was dancing in Asia, made like $2 million from $50,000 in the stock market off this theory. You know, this was on a severe bull market when he did this, but the theory is basically a way of quantifying uh, upward trends. It's the trend is your friend type stuff. So, you know, you, you're looking for stocks that are overall positive companies. So positive PE ratios, all of that kind of stuff. And then you're looking for the ones that are, in sectors that are overall positive. So right now, like the tech sector, if you look at over the last 12 months has been very positive. So if you'd bought in any random tech stock over the last you know 12 months, you odds are you and held it for 12 months, you probably made money. And so you're looking, so you're looking for positive sectors with good strong companies. And then you create that he found that they tended to go up in boxes. I mean, they go up trade within a range. And when they broke out of that range, either to the long or short, was a strong signal that it was going to go up or down. So when it breaks out of that, that range to the upside, he would buy. And then he would just keep trading with those ranges until he, until one of the, the, the bottom, the bottom of one of those ranges dropped. And that was his sell signal. Ah, yep. 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 That and makes sense. The, the only, the hard part was, is his book. He never actually says how he picked his stocks. That was, that's, that's the dirty is like, like he, he goes into great detail of like, you know, follow stops and, detail of the whole strategies and his rules and all this kind of stuff, but he never actually breaks down how he picked his stock. So then I've been digging about all everybody else who's blogging about is how they think he picked his stocks or how they pick their stocks. So. And how did you stumble across this uh, theory again? Uh, I heard across a couple different people, but I believe it was actually one of one of the interviews of one of your, I think, do you, do you interview a gentleman named, I think it was Dr. Stocks? Yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. He, he, he casually mentioned it. Or something like that, and then I, and then I was like, all right, let me start looking into this. And then the more I started researching it, and I, I had looked at it a couple months ago, and then um, as I was starting to realize that this day trading, I just was not going to be able to commit to it in order to make money. I said, all right, well, there are still systems I can figure out that I don't have to be in front that I can can make work for me. And then I started looking at it, and really reading it, and probably the last month or so, I've been developing watch list, and I'm starting to set up my rules for how to trade it. So. Okay, cool. So, so I mean, it sounds like, I mean, massive change from when you first started on the show. Uh, yes. And, you know, pretty new to everything. Uh, you had some, you wanted extra sort of form of income. Sounds like, sounds like your second business is probably going to serve that purpose anyway. <laughs> between um, that and then there's some real estate opportunities. So it's one of those things. real estate you, as well. You got to go, you got to go where the money is. And so I don't. The long-term plan, I think, if you're going to make money, you probably need to know how to do stock market stuff. And I think my personal income chain 
And so I'm now looking for a strategy of that I can take this income that I'm making from other sources, put it in the market and come out with it six, you know, a month to six months later with even more money. And so I'm looking for different strategies than, than necessarily a daily income strategy. Mm. And I, I think, think that's, sorry, go that's, on. That's, that's a big thing I learned is definitely you need to figure out what is, what do, what do you want from your, you know, what, how, what does the trading that's going to suit your life? Yeah. And I think that's it. It's, it's not a be all and an end all. It needs to be, uh, I suppose, complemented with other forms of investment to to really, you know, automate a lot of the the income that comes your way. So, you know, like with the rental, it's, it's, you know, you completely outsource that whole thing and get a regular monthly income that comes in and, you know, it can help pay the bills and stuff. So it's it's finding those things that can supplement the trading and and the the trading or trading can turn to investing. You know, you you're buying and yeah. holding. And I suppose where you're headed is like you know you're getting that skill set as well as some some money to fund funnel into it. And you know, lo and yes. behold, you you know you should be you know nice and happy for the rest of your life. So no, so um what? okay so brings me on to like where where to next what do you think 2020 what's the plan yeah. well it's really the like i said this darvis box there i think i'm really i'm still looking for that personality to lifestyle match of trading systems you know is is that set of rules that i can trade you know robotically that match what i can also physically do and have the time to do and i think that's we underestimate that part of it is like yeah, I want to get in and trade all day, but then not everyone has the, I guess, the stamina or the endurance or even the time to sit and do day trading. And I think the only, and the only way to learn how to do day trading is to do it, is to be there every day, grinding it out. And if you don't have those hours to put in, you're not going to get there. And so I think that's, and so this new strategy is going to require about two to two to three hours a day is what I'm, I'm figuring out is, is, um, obviously during market hours. And then obviously you can be doing it. The more research you put in outside of that is going to be helpful. So, and I think you even had, you've had guests on there. I can't remember who it is. He had a female trader from, I think Australia who talked about, she only trades like half hour a week or something crazy like that nowadays because she's been doing it for 30 years. I can't remember her name. Oh, it'd be, that'll be Louise, uh, yes. Louise Bedford. I think I believe so. Yeah. Who funnily enough, Jeremy, uh, he said to me that he went out and had a, uh, he did a conference with them as well. So he, they were obviously connected through the, uh, yeah. the site, which is great. Um, right. So it sounds like, I mean, the last question I think I'm going to ask you is, I mean, trading that slogan here is passion before profit. Now, do you, what's your passion like for trading now a year on than what it was beforehand or when you started it's i guess like I it's still fun it's still there's no there's, it's 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 a thrill i mean honestly i really enjoy the process but i'm you know a guy spares a spreadsheet and tries to figure out the numbers you know i you know i play fantasy sports for fun and i just enjoy staring at the stat lines and not watching the games and so just looking at um taking and this is a big thing is, to, is quantifying emotions into numbers which is how anyone feels about the particular stock is just and then figuring out how you feel about how other people feel is fun it's ultimately a game and then you just got to figure out i think the thing that i've learned is you got to figure out what game do you want to play within this big game and so do you want to play where you're buying in and out and you're trading pennies or you're trading trying to get half percent here half percent there or do you want to do these longer terms where you're trying to hold out and so i think the it's the game within the game is always the is the tricky part 
But so yes, I'm I'm totally hooked, and we'll probably be doing this for the next forty years in some cool. level or fashion. Brilliant. So so I suppose my la- final final question is, and we're actually going to jump on and do a little video after this. So guys, check out the YouTube channel for a, a video of um, I don't know what we're going to do. So it'll be one of your trade setups, I think. So we'll I do that after the show. A trade I did a couple months ago, and this is one of Jer- this is a, a gap trade that uh, it's, it's a textbook Jeremy gap and go bear trade. So okay, cool. Now before we do that, now, my last question is. Uh, what if somebody comes on, listens to the show, and probably thinks, "Oh, I might go back and have a listen to the the, the first show to find out where this guy came from." And uh, I mean, what what advice would you give that person? Like, well, actually, no, no. Let's say, what advice would you give yourself a, from a year ago? Like, now you know what you know. What advice would you give yourself? Uh, I think. I mean, I, honestly, I got real. I got real lucky by reaching out and getting luck from other from people who were willing to, even from the handful that were talking to me. So don't be afraid to reach out and learn from other people. I think is don't be afraid. Go go find people who know more than you, and listen to them. And I, as somebody who has hasn't you know quote unquote breaking through to full time trading yet, um, I think it's still about don't be afraid to experiment and try different stuff. The trick being you got to. You gotta commit long enough that you know it, but not, but not, ju- not jump so so quickly that you're like jumping from system to system. So I think it's um, that's you know, it, a weird balance point. You know, is, is being when to move on. I'm not sure if that was particularly clear advice because, you know, like I said, I, I'm not speaking from a place of like, oh, 100%. Like you want to talk about e-commerce, I can give you advice all day and how to <laughs> how to get that going and where you should be on that. But I think I'm I'm still in that. Uh, getting where I need to be financially uh, on the stock market. But I think it's all about, you know, uh, reaching out and learn, just learn everything. I think just like, scatter your brain until something, you know, follow, follow your passion, follow your interest, follow what, what piques your interest until so, you settle in on something. Nice. Brilliant. Now, look, um, before we sort of wrap up the show, is there, is there anything else you want to say? I mean, do you, do you want to, because I think this this is probably going to be the last time we hear from you. We might get you back on in the future, you know, if you're living in some sort of, you know, luxury mansion in the Caribbean or whatever, and just go, hey, look, this is where he started. Uh, but yeah, is there any sort of final words you want to say to the listeners out there? I just want to say thanks a lot, Cam, for putting this together. You know, you're putting out a lot of good information. You're putting out a lot of good stuff. You're just getting it all out there. It's... Um, I think the hardest thing for starting out, though, was even in the opening uh, credits of your show, there's the guy who says something about candlestick trading patterns is a trap. And then Jeremy only trade is like a candlestick pattern trading expert. So anyone who says they know everything is lying because everybody specializes. Everybody does a single thing really well. And with one guy and two things can be true. So that candlestick trading can be a trap. And Jeremy can be an expert making a ton of money trading candlestick patterns. So it can all be true. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Every everyone contradicts everyone else. It's 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 the nature of the beast, I think. Um, and you're so true there. Okay, cool. Look, brilliant. Well, look, thank you very much for coming on the show, Aaron, and uh, all the best for the future. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on. It's been some fantastic interviews, and um, I wish you all the best over the Christmas period uh, and um, next year as well, especially. Thank you so much. Just thank you, Cam, and thank you, Jeremy, for the opportunity to work with you guys. 
All right, folks, so there you have an interview with Aaron, interviews with Aaron Oting done and dusted. Uh, we might get him back on the show in a couple of years. But for now, if you do want a little bit more, then head over to tradingnut.com. We've got the video we shot after the show where he walks through a price chart and can share you a little bit more how yeah, about how he trades the opening gaps of the market. So, guys, head over there. The YouTube channel's also got the video along with a bunch of other ones that are all supplementary to the interviews I do here on the Trading Up podcast. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I do recommend heading over there because you're missing out. Now, if you do uh, if you do want to head over to the Trading Up bar, you'll get your name mentioned in a future episode of the show. So um, hopefully I can name a few people in the next episode. Guys, head over there. It's You'll find the bar link underneath the player on any of the interviews and you can just click on that. Jump in there, buy us a beer or two, and uh, I'll read your name out on the show in the future. Now, uh, what else can I tell you? Oh, yes, this could be the last episode of the year. I haven't decided yet. There might be one after Christmas before the New Year's break. We'll see. But for now, um, it's looking like it could be the last one. Now, I have got, I am going, sorry, I am going on holiday after the break as well. And look, if you do want to find out where I'm going and possibly be there for a meetup, it's another country. So not often I get out of New Zealand, but I'm leaving the country for a bit. Uh, if you do want to find out where I'm going and possibly have a meetup, then head over to the Telegram chat. Make sure you join up there and I'll let you know where and when I'll be available. Might just be too much family time that I can't get away, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, guys. Um, Look, have a great Christmas, New Year's. Hope you have a fantastic time with your friends and family, and uh, I'll see you on the other side of it. All right, bye.